the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Like Bob on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Live. And welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. My number, 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. Let's go to the phones, and I've got Sharon in Westerville on the line. Sharon, welcome. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. Um, good afternoon to you. I've been kind of saving this up. I wanted to call for some time while this election um, was going on. Um, I think one of the big uh, issues, uh, you're correct, is passion, but we are not, uh, as a Christian body, we are not visible enough. We're not visible enough on TV, on social media. We haven't had enough town meetings. And the biggest issue is um, there are many pastors who are reluctant to come out and say from the pulpit, this is how we need to be voting. Instead, they'll say something like, and I've had this experience, um, well, we want you to really think about what you're voting for, uh, but they won't come right out and discuss it or have people come and talk about it. Um, and I think so we, you know, we have ourselves to blame uh, in a way for these particular reasons, in my opinion. Well, um, I, I think you make a good point. Um, I am thrilled that my pastor took a very strong stand in the pulpit on issue Amen. one. Very Amen. explicit, uh, very pointed. Uh, and if I was pastoring, I would have as well. I would never endorse a political candidate. Never. I would never do that. Uh, but on issues that are biblical and moral, as this issue certainly was, and as the amendment that's going to be on the ballot in November uh, absolutely. I think churches, pastors should take a stand on those issues. I really do. I, I agree with you, and, and I listened uh, to your pastor and heard him say that, and I was cheering in the background because um, it needed to be said. The other thing I'd like to say is, you know, you were talking about this secularism seeping into um, our Well, it's not seeping anymore. It's just out there in our society. Um, I have noticed at one particular Christian school, I will not mention the name, but um, that the uniforms that the girls are wearing are extremely short. They are not modest, um, and it really bothers me. Mm. Um, I remember, you know, I'm an older person, so I remember, you know, having strict guidelines uh, when we went to school as far as uh, length of skirts. But I think, you know, when, when a school is teaching what's right, um, then they need to really think about, you know, how, how closely do we want to, I mean, you know, how closely do we want to align ourselves with society by telling our young girls, um, 
yeah, this is really fashionable, so we're going to allow this. You know, when in reality, when those girls sit down, and I've been in their company, um, it's not modest at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, there are lots of ways that the church and Christian schools are allowing this, um, you know, immoral behavior it, it's seeping in, is what I'm saying, okay. you know, um, and I don't know how that's justified. It really upsets me, so I just wondered what you thought about that. All right. Well, I, I, I agree, and I don't know the school you're talking about, and I'm glad you didn't mention them. No. Uh, but but modesty, modesty is a topic that is not being discussed in hardly any church anywhere today. We, I, I say this constantly. Hey, thank you, Sharon. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, I keep saying it. The devil lives in the extremes, and I really do believe that. And, uh, you know, the, the one extreme is the hyper-fundamentalism, where women have to wear dresses down to their ankles. They can't even show their ankles. And, you know, okay. I think all of you know the the unbiblical extreme that I'm talking about. But there is, on one hand, you have legalism. On the other hand, you have license. Okay? I do not want ever to go back to legalism. I was raised in a pretty legalistic church. Okay? I was. I learned a great deal from the Bible in that church. My pastor loved God. I learned so much I am so grateful for my childhood in that church. I am. But they were pretty legalistic. They were. Didn't hurt me. Didn't destroy me by any means. Um, And in the many years that I pastored, this was difficult. Trying to stay from one extreme to another, from leaving legalism that God delivered Joy and I from, but not going to license and in dress. Just just a question. When was the last time you heard even a tiny portion of a sermon on modesty? I'll let you think. I'll let you think. Uh, Ever? Uh, is that a New Testament principle? And not just for women, men as well. Women are probably mentioned more concerning modesty in the New Testament because men are more visual than women, and just the nature of men and women. But where is any kind of emphasis on modesty? Um, it's gone. But we have become so afraid of being legalistic. Uh, when when I was pastoring in Westerville, uh, we were certainly not legalistic, but we had a dress code for people that were on the platform because they were representing Jesus, they were representing the church, and we yeah we had a dress code it wasn't legalistic but we had a dress code and i don't apologize for that and if i was pastoring today 
we would have a dress code. It wouldn't be strict. It wouldn't be severe. It wouldn't be prudish. But there would be a whole lot of stuff that I see that I just, I wouldn't allow. Because it detracts from the worship. Any manner of dress by men or women that detracts from the worship is wrong. It's just wrong. And we, the church, particularly the evangelical church, it's like a pendulum. We swing from one extreme to the other, and because we're not legalistic, we swing over to license where anything goes. No, anything doesn't go. I don't think that's grammatically correct, but forgive me. There has to be a balance where we have freedom and liberty in Christ. Okay? Um, I don't think pastors have to wear ties. I don't think. I always check with the church. Does your pastor normally wear a tie? Is it customary? And if if that church, the person in the pulpit, customarily wears a tie, listen, I will wear a tie. I hate ties. I hate them. But that is no sacrifice whatsoever for me to have the privilege of preaching the gospel. And I don't want to offend, and I don't want to distract. And so I am very cautious about how I dress. Not to be legalistic, but to be sensitive. And not to be in any way, shape, a distraction. I think we've lost a lot of that. Boy, it is my day for little rants and rampages, isn't it? Well, we're coming up on a break. We will, uh, we will, we will move on. Oh yeah, I got a lot of pet peeves. I started to say no more today. I can't promise. Can't? No, can't promise. Can't promise. After all, I am the old funny daddy, you know. Eh, not really. All right, we'll be back. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Live. Now, this is interesting. Uh, I've already talked about issue one and um, the uh, loss for conservatives here in the state of Ohio. Uh, The results are in as far as the counties. All right. Most of you know, in the state of Ohio, there are 88 counties. You ready for this? The yes side on issue one won 66 counties. Out of the 88 counties in Ohio, 66 of the counties voted yes. The no side, 22. Like I said earlier, if you were listening, it was the urban areas that defeated issue one. The urban city areas controlled by 
the liberal left. 66 of the 88 counties in Ohio said yes on issue one. But the 22 counties that were the most populated, well, they swung the vote to no. Isn't that interesting? And I think that's one of the reasons why issue one was so important. In order to amend the Constitution, had issue one passed, uh, the threshold would have been 60, uh, 60% rather than 50% plus one. And signatures would have to be gathered in all 88 counties, right? <laughs> Pardon me. Comes out of the blue. Um Anyway, um, you don't have to have signatures from all 88 counties. So it had, you know, the opponents to issue one kept screaming, you're going to lose your vote, you're going to lose your vote, you're going to lose your vote. No, 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 no. The way it is now, 22 counties control what happens in the rest of the state. And that's the way it is. 22 of the 88 counties determined this constitutional amendment issue. Only 22 of the 66 determined the outcome. And those that were screaming, we're going to lose our democracy if issue one passes. And no, 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 no. When you have 22 out of the 66 determining the outcome... That's not exactly real democracy. But anyway, I'll move on. I just thought you'd be interested in that. I think I mentioned this story several days ago. I meant to. If I didn't, I'm not sure. But back on August 6th, the senior pastor of Faith Christian Center in Freer, Texas, was reported missing. He, like many pastors, bivocational, uh, he was the uh, senior pastor of Faith Christian Center. He also worked for, I believe, it is a utility company in uh, in Texas. Um, the, uh, I saw the name of it. Uh, it's not important. But uh, on August 2nd, he left for work in the morning. And uh, I believe that was a Wednesday. That was a Wednesday a week ago. And uh, he left his cell phone. Well, I guess he's done that before. But uh, always when he got to work, he would call home to his wife and say, hey, I forgot my cell phone. I'm sorry, but just want to check. I made it to work. And uh, Well, he left for work. And uh, uh, two or three hours later, his employer called his wife and said, uh, hey, your husband, Philip Loveday, his name. Uh, Philip didn't show up for work. And the wife said, well, he left for work, you know, like three hours ago. Well, they began an intensive search back on August 2nd. Thousands of people began searching for this missing pastor. And I am very sad to report that yesterday afternoon he was found dead inside the company vehicle and it looks 
like a self-inflicted gunshot wound. It looked like he took his own life. His wife says there was no indication of mental illness, no indication of depression. Um, the uh, It has not been officially ruled a suicide yet, but it said the body was inside the vehicle with a single gunshot wound, and there is no indication of foul play. So I think it's safe to assume that, sadly, he took his own life. 47 years old, he is married, has children, uh, and again, senior pastor of an evangelical church down in Texas. There have been a number in the last five years, there has been a large number of pastors who have taken their own lives. I don't think anyone understands the um, pressure on a pastor today, unless you have been in that position. And I want to just say two things. Number one, pray for your pastor, support your pastor, encourage your pastor. You have no no idea the pressure, the stresses that they're under, the burdens that they bear. Please, please, please pray for your pastor, encourage your pastor. And then the second thing I want to say, depression is real. And for Christians, it is not something to be ashamed of or to be hidden. Get help. If you are dealing with depression, do not hide it. Do not be ashamed of it. Get help. It happens. Please get help. Please get help. And support, love, and encourage your pastor. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.